Hello, all you God lovers around the globe. Welcome to this edition of the God Lovers Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Rod. Uh, I want to share with you um, some teaching this morning on uh, seizing the moment. And um, what seizing the moment means is that there's a time and a place to receive the blessings from God and the promises from God. And sometimes we don't always have ourselves in that position. Um, we aren't there at that position to uh, catch those promises or those blessings and bring them in. So we'll title this uh, Seizing the Moment. And I want to start with a scripture in Luke, um, starting in chapter 5, 17 through 26. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out from every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the rooftop and let him down with his bed through the tile into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed on his own, to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorifying God, and filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now, there's several things that I want to point out as we read this passage of Scripture that uh, took place. One, you notice the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, you know, I have learned that in, as through reading the Bible, too, that there's always a time, uh, what we call Kairos time, uh, where God moves in his timing to accomplish miracles, signs, wonders. And um, that is no different for us today. There are times when we sit down and God knows what we have need of. If it's a miracle, if it's um, a sign or a wonder that needs to take place for our good, God knows that. And when we get into his presence, the Lord's presence, that is a Kairos time. And that time is, is precious because that's when we see the power of God move through our life. And yes, there was times when Jesus couldn't, couldn't do signs and wonders, even though he was present. You know, we found that out in, in uh, Matthew, the 13th chapter, where, you know, the, he was in his own hometown and, and people there were saying, is this not the carpenter's son? And uh, some were even uh, offended at him. Um, but it said in, in verse 58 there, he said uh, he didn't do many mighty works because of their unbelief. 
few had seized the Kairos time, the moment in time when the Savior, Jesus Christ, was in their presence. Now, we see five other things that happen in Luke 5, 17 through 26. Five elements that are required for faith to take effect and take hold and for us to have a Kairos time. The first element required uh, is faith. You know, and that comes by speaking. We know that we do not even have faith because uh, unless we receive it, as, as unless it's planted in us, faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema of Christ. So we have to hear someone preaching that gospel to us or reading that gospel and it becomes rhema, a spoken word to us. That's why, how will they hear, the word says, without a preacher. Preacher is important and they need to be speaking out the word of God. Okay, the next thing we see is what was, well, we understand that Jesus was teaching. He was doing that. He was preaching the gospel. And, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, back in verse 17, we see that they all heard what he was saying. They heard and seen what he was doing. And uh, so he was, he was letting them know the gospel right there at that time, that Kairos time. So after the first thing we see is speaking, the second thing required is faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the rhema of Christ. That spoken word, that faith is where we get that rhema, that revelation of who Jesus is and how he wants and what he wants to do for us, what his promises are for us, um, how our healing is provided through what he uh, accomplished at the cross, um, what all the promises and blessings of Abraham are ours, okay? So we see that this man, when he was, he was paralyzed, and Jesus spoke to him. He spoke words to him. And this man listened to what he had to say. It says, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And that man listened, and faith came. That's where he heard Jesus. He heard faith enter in, and he grasped it in his heart. And that's where faith comes by hearing and hearing the, the word, the rhema of Christ. So we understand that that's the, the second element. The third element required is seeing. And seeing is an important element because we see that um, when, we, when, he, when Jesus saw their faith, his companions couldn't get into the crowd. But what did they do? They decided to get on the roof, tear a hole in a man's, at his home, tear a hole in his ceiling, and to lower their friend down. And it says, and this is important, he says, Jesus saw their faith. He said to him, man, your sins are forgiven. Faith without works is dead in James 2, 14 and 16. Jesus saw the works of these people. Their faith was they knew that if they could get him down to Jesus, if they could knew him, get him in front of the Messiah, they knew that he'd receive his healing. And Jesus saw their faith. So faith without works is dead. They had works and they were at it to bring that man before Jesus and see him be healed. Now, the fifth, the fifth element required of faith is a tough one because it's called reasoning. Reasoning is an interesting thing. 
Um, in verse 21, it says, The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Now, understand that rather than sit there and say, Wow, look at what just happened. Look at this man rise up. Look at how he has walked. A man that's been paralyzed his whole life. Look what God just did. They started reasoning in their hearts. They started taking into account their reasoning and their thoughts. And, you know, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortress. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we are ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is complete. Now, speculations come through, comes from the Greek word uh, legamos, and it literally means reasonings or false arguments. We need to understand that reasonings can be a faith killer. How often do we hear people hear the truth of salvation and reason it away? Or how often do we reason away God's promises? Reasoning is the number one cause that we miss God's Kairos time, and it passes us by. How many reasons could have crossed this man's, this paralyzed man's mind? Questions like, is this man Jesus talking to me? Can he see that I'm crippled and have been my whole life? I don't know how to stand or walk. How cruel for him to say that to me. A thousand reasons could have crossed this, his mind in a moment of a heartbeat. And that's what's fascinating because this we see is, this is where his friends, they could have reasoned and thought the same way. Like, we are just wasting our time climbing on this roof or trying to get through this crowd. We should just turn around and go back to doing what we were doing. And just, you know, never mind about climbing on the roof, tearing it apart. Now that's what they did. They put the reasonings behind. They cast down those thoughts, those imaginations, and went to the roof and tore a hole in that man's roof to lower him down. And their reasonings were, if we can get him in front of Jesus, Jesus can heal his body. So, you know, now we come to the, the, other, the last element required, and that's action. Uh, acting on God's word. So he had to make a decision. Either believe uh, in Jesus, rise up, or reason away his opportunity for healing. He had to make a decision in a moment, a Kairos time. His time of healing was present right then. And Jesus, when Jesus said this, rise up, take your bed, and walk. What did the man do? Immediately he rose and took up his bed and departed, glorifying God. Now, people, this is the thing that reasoning can stop people. And this is why I call it a faith killer. Reasonings can stop you in your tracks. If you know, if you're hearing from God, if you're seeking God for an answer, and you know you're hearing from God, it is important that you don't sit there and reason it away, but you act on it because you'll know that you know. In Luke 19, starting in verse 41, 
Now, as he drew near, he saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you especially, in this your day, this time, um, this thing that makes for your peace, but now you are hidden; for, it is hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground. And they will not leave in you one stone upon another, because you did not know the time of your visitation. My friends, it's important that we do not forget or miss our time of visitation. Jesus is going to return, but if we aren't prepared, he will visit people in their need to this day. He will visit on a Kairos time. He will be there in your time of need if you ask him and look for his time of visitation. But how many people have failed to seize the moment in time that God had a blessing for them when they reasoned away what God wanted to do? I mean, the Bible is full of people that didn't. How about Noah? How about if he refused to build an ark out in the middle of nowhere? Wasn't near, wasn't near water, wasn't near an ocean, and God told him to build an ark. How if he'd have just reasoned away in his mind that, God, this is just crazy. I just can't do that. How about Abraham when it came to leaving Ur, his land, to go out and look to the promised land that he had never seen but God had promised to him? How about Isaac? When it came down to the, the famine was coming in the land and he did not go to Egypt, but God supplied all of his needs without him going to Egypt. How about Moses for not going to Pharaoh? Lord, send someone else. I am not a man that has good speech. You know, excuses, it's trying to reason away that, thought, that, that promise and what God wanted to use him for. And we know that if a Joshua or was moved by fear and refused to take the land, he would have never gone into that promised land. What if Gideon refused to defeat Midian? Daniel being cast to the lions. How about if he'd have bowed his knees? And lastly and foremost, most importantly, we see Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane asking, Father, if this can be taken from me, but not my will, but your will be done. All mankind would suffer eternal separation from God and be left in the pit of darkness. Child of God, what's, what is God calling you to do? Have you reasoned away his calling? Have you thought of every excuse not to do what he has asked? I remember years ago when a... Uh, we were at a church service, and um, an evangelist was there uh, by the name of Jim Spielman. And I remember it well because Jim told a story about the fact that um, how he got saved, how he came to know the Lord, that there was a man that cut up pieces of the Bible and just scripture, cut up scripture. And the piece that he had cut out at this particular day, at this Kairos time, was that Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. And he gave that scripture to Jim Spielman. And I remember Jim telling, telling the story of how he said, oh, how is that possible somebody could live to be 
969 years old. And that motivated him, motivated him to go to the Bible, to read the stories, to read the, the Bible and the, of what men had done, and to read about what Jesus had done for him. It changed his life. But all because one man was obedient, standing on a corner, cutting up a, the, the Bible into different scriptures, and handing those little passages of scripture out. Then Jim Spielman became an evangelist, and Lord only knows how many people came to the Lord because of him. I say this, my friends, that there's times that God is calling you to do something. And there's times that you need to get out of the boat, step out onto the water, and don't reason it away, but believe that what God is calling you to do, he is able to equip you to accomplish. Thank you for joining us this week. And I just want to encourage you, um, God is faithful and he won't leave you out on a limb and cut you off of it. So I will say that next week we'll be out of the office uh, celebrating our national uh, holiday of Thanksgiving. So um, if you celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, I wish you a, a very merry Thanksgiving. And um, until next time, uh, God bless you. See you soon.